Andrew? Sorry, I'm at... How's it going? Very good, very good. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm fabulous. I'm just uh, recovering from uh, Christmas shopping over the last couple of days. So, uh, yes, uh, lots of coffee. <laughs> How are you? Very good, mate. Very good. Casual, uh, casual Tuesday, Andrew. Yeah, casual Tuesday. I just, uh, I just uh, haven't managed to change out of my uh, my part-time job uh, that I have. So there's, I'm going to keep the camera like this, so you can just see beard and then black. So I am wearing part-time wearing... part job as professional skateboarder. That, yeah, that yeah. Job. exactly. Okay. You can't Very you good. can't see my shirt collars because they're underneath my um, underneath my beard. But I do have a shirt on just you know to make sure that just in case everyone feels any different out there. But uh, awesome. yeah, good. To, how's your week been? You've been uh, busy. Uh, yeah, incredibly busy, incredibly, which is a good sign. Yes, exactly. Is, yeah, I think a uh, very we, good sign. This time of year is a bit odd, really, where it, obviously currently we're in uh, in the uh, Middle East, um, and there's kind of a multi-faith society. So there's there's pretty much everyone celebrates Christmas, uh, you know, uh, Diwali, Eid, Ramadan here. Um, so, you know, but, uh, but people still crack on with business. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. So, um, what are you going to do, Andrew? Should we, should we just crack on with the show or? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, I think we can, uh, I think we can see a few, uh, few people kind of piling in now so thank you for thank you for those uh, joining so uh, and listening as well obviously so if you're watching this uh, live fantastic thanks very much if you're watching it kind of afterwards on youtube on on the website etc or perhaps you're listening on the podcast thank you for joining us uh, obviously this is our weekly show uh, where we kind of take a stab at uh, what's really happening in the market from a sales and marketing and a business uh, business operation perspective um, usually the show kind of uh, changes on a weekly basis just because uh, new things happened in in the news at the moment and that's, that's been the same for this week's show it's impacted our original uh, our original plan as it were uh, for today's show has changed quite dramatically I guess right um, so we do have a bit of a format we we tend to kind of see what's caught our eye in the week um, then kind of see if we've learned anything because uh, we're not too old to, to learn you and I are learning on a daily basis um, and then we usually take a bit of a deep dive on on something and try to finish up on a bit of a growth hack so uh, we like to keep it to you know within the hour guys um, so you know last couple of weeks has been kind of 50 minutes, 55 minutes, 57 minutes, hour, uh, as, we, as we kind of bounce around. So I guess in true traditional form, Amit, what's, uh, what's, what's caught you this week? You know, what's kind of alerted you, pricked up your ears, as it were? Yeah, so it's some really kind of cool stuff, I think, that's going on. Um, and look, this time of year is fairly quiet in terms of new yeah. product launches, new product releases. Um, and I think if people are kind of launching new products and new new kind of services, I guess, in the sort of technology world, I think they, they're almost hoping that not everyone jumps on it straight away, that, you know, if there's any kind of bugs, anything that needs to be fixed, uh, there's an opportunity to kind of do so before, you know, people kind of come back fully switched on uh, in January. So, yeah. uh, but but I think what was interesting this week is um, is with uh, the Facebook family and, and uh, actually a couple of interesting things. So the first is that, uh, Facebook are looking to kind of enter the gig economy 
and they've they've almost said now that they're going to kind of you know allow people to post kind of jobs skills all that kind of stuff where where people can hire them and i think we'll i think as we kind of hear more about that it might make sense to kind of uh you know come back and relook at that but i think yeah. i think the the big announcement i think certainly from our perspective is um is with whatsapp and whatsapp have this week sort of placed almost created their own kind of shopping cart right yeah 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 it's it's um i mean now it's uh and it's it's pretty much called that right whatsapp cart um yep. is, is where it is uh and essentially now as a business you can add a catalog you know product catalog or potentially service catalog i guess um and and as a user i can go on i can browse that catalog and i can purchase things directly in whatsapp so no website no no kind of interaction on app uh other than whatsapp itself right yeah which is very cool and, and like like you said you can people can start now kind of uploading and and uh their own kind of product product catalogs and I guess service catalogs in that respect as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, it, I think um, it's it's obviously just. I mean, the announcement was made I think yesterday. Um, so this is brand new as as far as out there in the wild. But but um, you know the it's it. So if you kind of take a couple of steps back, you mentioned that Facebook is is obviously a family. Part of that family is Instagram. Part of that family is 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 Facebook and WhatsApp as well. So. Yeah. Previously, this has been around for a couple of years, actually probably the best part of three years, where Facebook Messenger um, has the facility to buy in 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 Facebook directly. So you're in Messenger, you can have a relationship, you know, and the famous one that they launched with in the States with Interflora. So you could go on Interflora's Facebook page, you jump up on their Messenger through the case of a bot. Again, it distributes, it shows you the catalog, like, okay, Mother's Day uh, flowers, she wants lilies, you know, this color, and then you can purchase all in that. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of seen to take quite a bit of time to translate that into WhatsApp. But I guess, obviously, you know, the WhatsApp journey um, has been a bit of a bit of a different one, because obviously, it wasn't originally created by old Zuckerberg, it was acquired. Um, or what they've done is they've, they've kind of worked hard to now start to monetize that effectively. So now, you know, as a business, um, in the Facebook family alone, I've got a Facebook uh, shop, you know, I've got Instagram shop, I've got Facebook Messenger kind of car, and now I've got WhatsApp car. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's I mean, it's extensive, right? As a business, you can you can kind of start to start to generate sales pretty much straight away by directing people into these, uh, these environments. And obviously, we know already, we can run campaigns directly to these platforms as well we don't necessarily have to run people to a landing page on a website and then back again so what does that mean then andrew do, do people not, not need a website anymore then or is it a case of does is a website less important now or yeah that's uh that's uh, yeah that that's one of those ones isn't it i i i still i don't know because because we're so data driven right as individuals you and i and, yeah. and as an organization i feel like I'd want, I want to know more about this WhatsApp cart and what, what data it collects on that journey. Okay. Um, so for me at the moment, right. Okay. So as a, as a consumer, I come on, I browse through, I, I purchase something. Thank you very much. As a user, do I have to pull, uh, my, my credit card details every time I make a purchase? Do I have to pull my, my delivery address every time? Right. So from yeah. a usage perspective, I'm thinking, well, 
you know, is this going to be better for me than a website, right? Or going to an Amazon where everything is stored and I just literally do drop down. From a business perspective, I guess it's, you know, do they just want sales at the moment, right? Or do they want to start building analytics on the back of um, how people are purchasing in WhatsApp? Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think? So, so look, I, I kind of feel as if, um, look, there's a couple of interesting points, but I think, actually, before I tell you what I think, yeah. Have you bought products off WhatsApp yourself? Services, products? What? Through not, not, yeah, just through messaging. Have you kind of, you know, placed orders? Have you gone through a, almost yeah, yeah. Like, a like a journey? Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've, done, I've done that on Facebook Messenger and then I've communicated with the business um, around a product. And yeah. the final, you know, the final point of sale at that point was sending a uh, payment link, right? So, right, okay. so the journey was through uh, uh, WhatsApp, but the, yeah. the, the completion point was a payment link. Okay, because because I, I tell you what, I tell you the way I kind of look at it. Okay, I think I think it's really interesting. This potentially is a massive game changer, but I think we've both seen that the way WhatsApp is used in different parts of the world is um, is different to perhaps how we use it maybe in the Middle East. Okay, right. where yeah. where where and again we've mentioned on a show so many times where people are you know, walking around with multiple devices, yeah. you know, got two phones, they've got you know countless other things, but essentially, um, all of their kind of time is spent in front of a mobile device, right? Yeah, and and I think for audiences like ours, and I say ours collectively from a GCC Middle East kind of standpoint, mm -hmm. um. This is no different, right? This is this is just part of our daily lives, and and now right. the fact that you can actually go one one step further, yeah. perhaps you know, uh, you know, look at certain things um, and then make a purchase. I think it. I think it. I mean, all you're doing is just making it easy. And I think there's two parts of this. I think for the consumer, you know, you're just basically saying, hey, we can, you know, we're making this entire kind of buying journey uh, much more uh, much more smooth with less yeah. friction. Um, yeah. you're, you know, you're used to communicating on WhatsApp and now, Hey, guess what? You can buy a product on WhatsApp. And it's what, yeah. you know, when I asked you that question and I was thinking back, right, what have I done? Yeah. And so I'll give you an idea. So, um, my local Indian takeaway yeah. is done through WhatsApp where I'll okay. basically WhatsApp and tell them my order, they send me a payment link and then I'll go and pick it up. I like picking it up rather than waiting for a delivery guy. Um, yeah my local meat delivery is all through whatsapp where i just pay cash on delivery but yeah what i really love about that is it's not like going to the supermarket and then seeing a different butcher each time but you have to explain what you like and don't like i always give feedback with the meat i receive and therefore next time around i get what i want and i get a lot closer to what i want and and you know so that works and and they've got that whole potential stream right because again you don't need to delete whatsapp messages you know, anyone on a WhatsApp business account can look in and see that history and say, okay, this guy yeah. likes, you know, less, less fat on his lamb or whatever. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and it becomes, you know, really easy. And, and it's been, just trying to think, obviously, there's been countless ways where I've actually used WhatsApp, um, you know, to essentially give people business. Um, and, and I think yeah. that, you know. I suppose the thing is, like, and then again, like, if you currently you're kind of going to a payment link and you put in your details and stuff but i guess if if you're able to store 
you know, because on, in the States, obviously, you can store credit card details in, in kind of Facebook and Instagram anyway, so you can yeah. access them easily. So I'm guessing they're going to roll that out to WhatsApp anyway. So that streamless, you know, kind of completion of, of a sale is, is going to be there for sure. Yeah, and, and, and look, and I'll tell you the other advantage, because I think now also the way that kind of shift is, and I think you made a good point earlier where we can now start basically communicating WhatsApp for business as the call to action, right? In terms yeah. of campaign serving. Yeah. And I think what becomes interesting at that point is if I get an option to either call somebody, email somebody, fill out a web form, or there's WhatsApp. And if my, if my need is immediate, it's always WhatsApp. Yeah. Because I, I know when the buggers have read the message or not, right? And so <laughs> it's, it's much easier to kind of, you know, hold people accountable to that. Yeah. Right. Rather than sending, you know, filling out a website form or, or whatever it is and saying, hey, look, if you kind of want something, let us know. Um, you know, so that I just feel as if it kind of plays into the hands of, um, of really kind of maybe it's a new way of just e-commerce right maybe this is facebook finally really getting into that e-commerce space yeah where it's where it's a case of hey actually is this a product that potentially even takes on amazon right because essentially yeah. you know what's kind of stopping someone now from a you know essentially creating an e-store of whatsapp vendors you yeah. know i don't know you know like i think i think there's there's kind of more to yeah. this and, and no no I, plan, look, I, I think the grand plan's what... huge probably what you said what you said there was interesting about um it just got me thinking because if you think about it transactional information uh when you're purchasing from an e-commerce or whatever is usually not stored or held uh, you know what what i mean is we go through a process you can't back i don't know if you've ever tried to backspace to you know an emirates airline when you try and kind of through the payment gateway and then you purchase and you go back it's all obviously from a security perspective it's yeah. all removed but i wonder how that differs in a whatsapp environment because you've got, you know, that entire conversation, right? It's not, it's not a web page at that point. It's a conversation. So right. I wonder if, if you know, from a security perspective, but then also from like a comfort level, you know, you're comfortable, right? Because as you said, you can see they've read it. Worst case scenario, you can screenshot the conversation and send yeah. it back to them across WhatsApp, right? Yeah. Well, I think look, and I think I think this this, this is the point, right? Because this this does yeah. become so much more kind of streamlined in terms of in a process, right? And again, uh, look, Facebook for years have been shopping around for um, for currency exchange houses, for those yeah. kinds of businesses. Um, you know, just for our context, we've known those kind of conversations to be happening. And and, and I think it's it just shows, right? This is where they see it now. If they are if they are about that one stop shop yeah. that is now is now connecting, you know, billions of users with potentially millions of vendors. Mm. And now also offer that kind of all-in-one encompassing payment solution. Well, yeah. actually, they kind of reach much further afield than what Amazon did today already. True. Right? Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've already got their their kind of Bitcoin or their cryptocurrency uh, yeah. in play, right? So, I mean, that's going to be launching kind of early next year. That's still on yeah. track. So, you know, there, there is, you know, that relationship, again, it does... You know, it does, it does, as you just mentioned there, you know, the meat delivery companies start to learn and understand there is a very personalized relationship in WhatsApp, you know, as a, as a consumer, I feel the ones that you kind of interact yeah. with. I mean, you know, we use, we use a service here that basically if we're going to have a few beers, you know, you get somebody that rocks up and drives your car home, um, right. you know, and, and again, that's all through WhatsApp, 
right? Yeah. I mean, they st they haven't got that last payment piece. Um, it's still kind of you know cash transactional, but but every other kind of communication is there, right? All through the all through yeah. the, the 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 phone. This is your driver. This is what he looks like. There's the phone number. You know, this is who's going to pick you up. I mean, again, and they remember, right? They've got all of that detail on there. So um, yeah. it's a very personalized, you know, and that and that allows you to really kind of take it take an opportunity as, as a vendor or a business to you know grow your grow your business you know value because ultimately in an e-commerce environment you know acquiring new customers is one thing but ultimately you want to increase their increase their cart value and you can only really do that by building some sort of connection with them right so yeah. i think you know as this starts to roll out i wonder how open as a you know we already know that whatsapp has an open api environment so I'm guessing that there are going to be a whole host of, you know, offshoot businesses potentially that will will layer in analytics, right? Yeah. Uh, and customer journey and customer tracking and you know mass distribution of mail and loyalty and stuff. I think I think it's it, it definitely a game changer, as you said. Yeah. Cool. I think I think I think the kind of final message on that piece is water is space because I think there's so yeah. much that's going to come out on the back of this. Um. And again, I think we're going to have to keep touching back on it because I think this is, like I said, this has the potential just to be massive. Yeah. Cool. Well, so Andrew, you you said you've uh, there's well, there's a couple of things that you mentioned before the show that you you want to talk about today. So what, what's kind of caught your eye? Yeah. No. I, um. So there was a couple of things. I mean, I think um, first thing is that, that I I don't know how I feel about it. I was feeling a bit sad, but then I realised I hadn't used it for the best part of two years, and that's kind of Periscope is shutting up shop. Um, so Periscope, okay. uh, and I think it's a nostalgia thing for me. So you and I kind of discovered Periscope on the back of South by Southwest. Um, I think there was that, and I can't remember the other application that fueled it all. And then you saw it at South by Southwest and then you jumped up on, I think we were in Boston. Um, so it was the one, the predecessor, and then obviously Twitter kind of jumped on and then purchased Periscope, but it's, you know, the live broadcast and it was very much that first mover to moving away from recorded content to live content um so you know kind of enjoyed many years watching live periscopes over over the years we actually did an engagement with um uh, some influencers here in in dubai at the time on on live periscopes so they flew them in from dtcm the dubai tourism so yeah it's kind of you know sad and i was thinking oh that's you know kind of end end of an era as far as removing the application but then i thought actually probably haven't used it for two years or even looked at a periscope <laughs> so it's kind of you know yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you i thought it was already dead <laughs> when you said to me oh they're killing periscope i'm like what <laughs> like when did, when did it come back because I, yeah. I like i mean yeah you're saying two years but i honestly must be three or four years since i kind of looked at it yeah Easy. yeah yeah easily no so, and, uh, yeah so i mean it, it was just i mean that was that was uh, that was one of them and then yeah uh i mean i i was blissfully unaware of this but you you actually i mean you're down with the kids mate you're you're kind of hip and you're trendy um just me saying that shows i'm not um i'm, and, just, I'm, uh, just, I'm just waiting to see which, which where this is heading mate if i'm honest with you now well the uh, the whole kind of clubhouse right so uh, so this is this right. new social app that, that you you know you fired up there for me and and, and uh i know a particular gentleman rav is is currently watching so he's going to be blown away by the fact that that, that you've uh kind of discovered a social app as well yeah i'm all over the socials right 
Is that is that is that kids say it? <laughs> so so yeah, so Clubhouse is interesting. So it's a new social uh it's a new social plan. But it might again it might it might end up like Periscope, you know, we're in like four years time. Yeah. You know, I've I, I kind of don't even realize it exists anymore. But basically it seems pretty cool. Uh I think what they've perhaps tried to do is learn from the mistakes of some of them, I don't know some of these kinds of platforms like Periscope, which are yeah. really, really hot and just on fire for maybe a year or two years and then everyone stops using it. And and what they what Clubhouse essentially is 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 kind of I guess the best way of describing it is it's kind of Facebook groups, but at the moment very exclusive. Um, so you know you have kind of members, you have different rooms within within the within the clubhouse. You have a, yeah. uh, you have different clubs, and it's based on kind of memberships and followers, and and again build people building their own kind of um, profiles and following based on based on what they talk about, what they're interested in. Um, you know what these guys have obviously done is quite smart because they've got you know some of the biggest names in in uh, Silicon Valley, uh, you know, real kind of influencers out there kind of talking about it. And it's an invite only basis as well. So if, you, if you're if you invited, you then have the opportunity to invite one other person right, okay. um, and, and so on, right? And that's kind of how they're growing it and sort of controlling it in that sense as well. Um, but it looks really interesting. And, and, and one of the key features to it is that it's very kind of audio driven. So right. again, rather than kind of, you know, being very sort of text focused and things like that, it's, You've got real sort of conversations that are happening from real kind of you know important influencers, and I mean influencers in the purest sense of you know the word, not not those guys who've got a few followers on Instagram, right? But essentially, you know, for, for guys that you know are impacting the world, yeah, you know, business in leaders, way. industry leaders. Yeah. So, so I think that's kind of one to watch out for. If you do get uh, an invite to Clubhouse for your email or on WhatsApp or whatever it is. Uh, don't ignore it because it's kind of worth its weight in gold at the moment. It's like a whole load of people who are just on some of the networks that we're on, um, literally just begging for a clubhouse invitation. Um, I, I thought so, that's what you were going to say. I thought you were going to say, if you get an invitation, please make sure you invite me. <laughs> <send it> <laughs> <us>. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, keep 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 it, but don't delete it is my point. So uh, yeah. Yeah, It's interesting. I mean, you think about something like Anchor, that first started um and, and really the very you know we we obviously uh, float our podcast through 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 uh anchor um you know spotify now own anchor but i remember it was gary v that spoke about anchor for the very first time and said i've joined this new social it was a social network at the time and it was all based on sound bites you basically put your sound bite out there you dropped your anchor with a sound bite and you let it go you know, and that evolved obviously to to kind of a space where podcasts were being created. So, um, yeah, it's interesting that they've gone down that that kind of audio route um, as, yeah. as as far as uh, as far as kind of pulling it in. You know. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, so it'd be good. It'll be cool. I think once once uh, once that's kind of out there in the open. Once yeah. You can see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but cool. Um, so, Andrew. That, Anything, anything else you want to kind of finish on? Anything that you've kind of learned this week? Anything that's new? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I feel, I feel like I should talk about this just real briefly. Um, basically, the, you know, we talk, um, we, we, we're out there. We kind of practice what we preach. We, we say that you know, content is a huge driver of engagement. Content's a huge driver of you know, doing business with in a B two B space and a B two C space. But um, it was quite 
you kind of you know you're not usually on the other the other side of the table as it were and and, and kind of actually uh getting involved in content consumption as it were when you want to do something and and it kind of brought me to i wanted to refresh and revive uh, my barbecue so kind of a bit of a barbecue setup um you know and and kind of quite quite um like uh, emotionally attached to it let's say um so i didn't really want to give it up and get a new one as it were uh, because for those of you that smoke and everything you realize that the kind of flavor gets locked in right so you know when you start that with a new piece of kit you've got to start all over again so um i discovered that you could get this kind of uh, heat resistant uh, spray that kind of brought it back to life and uh you know i i, I thought okay well let me have a look let me just google it and see if anyone's done this before <laughs> And I was blown away that there was YouTube channels dedicated uh, to 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 this activity. Um, so I kind of spent spraying barbecues. Yep, yep, reviving. So not just spraying. It's it's there's a science. Sorry, reviving. Uh, revi reviving. Uh, wow. Reviving. So basically. You know, people that are dismantling, taking apart, masking things off, where you're supposed to do it. Um, and it was it was great. I, I watched about <laughs> like five or six videos, um, you know, even down to the point, and, and I think I spoke to you about this earlier on, even down to the point where they the can that I used and the brand and the product that I used also had a video itself on how to do this uh, on a barbecue. So it wasn't only just a brand level that were showcasing how you do this, there was, you know, real people that had done it as well. So, um, you know, genuinely kind of surprised that, uh, that obviously, you know, that, that, that content exists. And I guess the thing is, you know, we talk about this a lot to, to personalize content, even if it's super niche, you know, know your audience, yeah. um, you know, because there's going to be an audience out there for you. So, yeah, I just wanted to, to, to kind of say the other side of the, the other side of the table, as it were, the picnic table, yeah. uh, it was, it was pretty cool to, to see how, uh, you know, people were out there generating this, generating this content. And, and these guys, are they kind of, why are they doing this? Is this just a, you know, building followers? Is it like kind yeah, of audience? One of the guys, it's an interesting question. One of the guys that that, that, that um, seemed to have a lot of this was um, this guy who's a farmer um, and he's in the middle of, you know, nowhere, right? In the States. And, and he's got a big beard. Massive beard. Because uh, he, he seems to, seems to kind of spend his days just doing projects right okay um and instead of instead of kind of just doing those projects he he films those projects and you know so it may be kind of refreshing uh you know a, a fence or a barn door or or you know whatever so it, it's, yeah. it's quite varied his content um but i guess the thing is that you know based on the the, the algorithms associated to, to google you kind of lock in straight away and see the one that's relevant to you um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, in, engaging content, right. There was, a, there was a lot of them to choose from, but there was, there was, uh, again, it's all about how they're doing it. And you could see that it wasn't, it wasn't an overly elaborate setup. It was probably on a, on an iPhone and a tripod, uh, yeah. a bit of, um, uh, stop motion, you know, animation and uh, not stop motion to stop motion, uh, due to kind of speed through the, the boring bits as it were. Cause if you're dismantling a barbecue, no one wants to watch that for four minutes. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, I'd say that they've, he had close to 110,000 subscribers so to his YouTube channel. So he's obviously now at the point of monetization. So he's, he's, he's you know, monetizing his content. Um, so who knows yeah. if, that's, uh, if that's part of it. What, what you tend to see in a YouTube, a bit of an offshoot, that you get people that kind of monetize their 
their YouTube channel, but then they start to create merchandise around that. So then once they've got a brand, they start to merchandise that and then use their channel to then, you know, resell that. So, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. So create your own content, no matter how niche it is, there's an audience for it. Yeah. Christ. I mean, that's super niche, right? You know, Reese, yeah. Reese brand of barbecue is pretty, uh, is, is, is pretty niche. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, okay. you know, there's, there's, it's being watched. Oh, and they've been watched right. hundreds of thousands of times. Yeah. So right. this isn't, you know, Andrew, sad guy on his own. Uh, it's hundreds of thousands of us. <laughs> Amazing. Too easy as well. We'll leave it there. <laughs> all, right. all right, cool. Um, so, all right. So I think just before we go into our deep dive, um, yeah. I, I kind of learned something new this week, which I don't think was new, but it just reminded me that you can't trust Google. Uh -huh. Um so literally what two weeks after the kind of big december call rollout that we spoke yep. about on the show a couple of weeks yep, ago we spoke about it yeah yeah yep. another big algorithm change uh, over the weekend um oh, so okay. yeah so not only can you not trust google but it's now clear and obvious that google have no respect for the festive season um because every all of the seo communities were out there like as annoyed as you'd ever see them i mean it, like, you know, considering most of these guys, you know, sit behind the laptop all day, um, what you've now got is a bunch of angry people sitting behind the laptop all day and literally the keyboard warriors inside of them are coming out. But, um, but yeah, so new, new Google album update and, uh, yeah, that's been fairly interesting, but we'll, we'll kind of maybe touch on that in another week as well. Sure. Um, but cool. Andrew, I think looks so in, in kind of like the build up to the show today, we, we kind of almost ripped up what we've been planning to talk about. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason that we did that is because um, things have just changed in the last 24 hours, 48 hours. hours for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, from kind of looking very much forward to, you know, January and hopefully a kind of more positive start and, um, you know, putting 2020 behind us all and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, that's what everyone's really been focused in on. And all of a sudden, we wake up to news yesterday that a bunch of countries uh, had uh, closed borders or cut uh, international travel ties uh, temporarily uh, with the UK. And I think for the score around sort of lunchtime or just after lunch was about 30 different countries. Yeah. And by about 10 o'clock last night, it was 50 different countries. Right. Um, and and. And it's all come down to this kind of second strain of uh, virus, right? Yeah. Of COVID nineteen, which which I think some people are kind of believing, you know, is has originated in the UK. It's a mutation of um, the kind of initial virus, which has obviously killed so many people. But this second uh, strain of a virus, this mutation, is apparently more aggressive. Um, you know, targets some of the areas that COVID nineteen in its initial form didn't. Um, they're worried that this makes children more vulnerable and, and a consequence of this now is obviously the world's kind of locking down again and um, and that kind of you know deja vu moment's obviously there because I think there's, there's a lot of people around the world that are in limbo at the moment right and especially yeah. business owners you yeah. know in terms of right you know what do we do now how long is this going to last what's the impact going to be but there's yeah. a whole bunch of questions that people are kind of asking themselves, asking friends, asking other business leaders, um, you know, 
what is it that we can do, right? What, you know, how do we kind of prepare? Like if, if you, you know, if you're lucky, like in Dubai at the moment where there is no lockdown and it's seemingly as open as ever, um, you know, we're, we, we're seemingly okay. But I think what we've seen in the last two days is that can just change very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think whereas last time, none of us were really kind of sure about, um, you know, what was going to happen, the impact of it, uh, how long it would last. I think, I think, you know, I kind of feel as if, you know, perhaps people should be in a little bit more control this time, even though those problems are still very real, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, it's not it's not the first rodeo. Um, I think first first and foremost, uh, I think now people will be quicker to react. So, from a business perspective, obviously, I think that we saw it and we spoke about it, you know, on numerous webinars where there was delay associated to a lot of people's activity. There was confusion. There was disbelief. Um, there was optimism that it would only be around for, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And I think obviously, you know, what it's taught us is that you have to act fast. Um, so I think first and foremost, and look, and that's why we obviously changed uh, what we were going to be talking about today, because, you know, it's, it's, there's no sense in talking about this next week, because we would have been a week down the road, right? And, and, and people may not have been able to, to, to make some changes. Um, so I think, you know, that... I guess the challenge is that, that a lot of organizations are not able to react as quickly, um, you know, but, uh, but, but obviously, you know, for those that are able to, to affect change and impact, this is, I think it's going to be crucial in the next, you know, two weeks, right. Um, to, to, to kind of get this, get this locked in. Um, I look at, and I guess one of the challenges actually, to be fair, is that globally at the moment, um, you know, there is, there is a large part of the population that, that are celebrating Christmas um, yeah. There's people that are not in work. They've taken additional time off because they haven't been able to take any holidays up to this point because obviously all of the COVID, people looking forward to something positive towards the end of the year as well, and, and, and. Um, yeah. So there is some some other impacting forces that, that are kind of in play now, right? Yeah, and, and actually, uh, just as random as hell, uh, I've literally just had a message that's just coming now uh, from someone who booked a flight to Dubai in uh, January. Uh, with Emirates and uh, Emirates have just called them today to say you need to cancel the flight and rebook it. Um, so again, I think there's there's a lot of things that kind of out play at the moment. So this is very kind of live, right, in terms of what's going yeah. on. And um, yeah, look, I think I think you summarised it quite well there. I think you know, in terms of you know, people, not everyone can react quickly. I feel as if businesses should have trained themselves to react quickly because yeah. I think those those who didn't, you know, it's not sustainable. Um, you know, we're already seeing businesses who are kind of large, you know, large kind of big enterprises saying, look, we're going to run out of cash, yeah. um, you know, and and so you'd kind of hope that companies like that who have suffered, you know, that have seen kind of huge sort of surpluses in cash just literally just get wiped away by by what's going on. Yeah. But they, they kind of, you know, learn to kind of pivot quicker. But I think what we want to do today is really kind of just focus in on some of these learnings, right? But what did yeah. we learn last time? What can we apply this time? Are there some sort of hacks in there for businesses that just, you know, there's, there's a ton of businesses that can't afford to not have revenue for a week or a month or two months. But, you know, there's a lot of people that just need revenue every day, right, to survive. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think, I think you know, we want to kind of help those businesses out. I think some of those larger businesses, you know, uh, perhaps don't need our help right now. Or, but again, if we can get them sort of thinking in the right path, I think that sort of helps. But um, so, so let's kind of break this down, Andrew, I think, into kind of a couple of different topics, yeah? Yeah. Um, look, I mean, first and foremost, if, if, uh, if there is a lockdown, if 
I mean, look, we've already seen borders being closed now, right? So especially yeah. where we are in this region now, um, you know, we're already seeing that. It looks like potentially, you know, UAE and Dubai might be following suit. We don't know. We don't know that yet. Um, but if that does happen, obviously the travel and tourism trade gets hit, right? If people can't travel in and out. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that's something. Last time around, what we saw with hotels is that they quickly sort of pivoted. I think the smart ones did anyway. Um, you know, and our friends at Rove, I think, definitely fall into that category. Yeah. But what, what a lot of them did is they turned idle hotel rooms into offices because they realized people can work from home. And yeah. some people really struggled with that. And they also turned kind of, you know, one night short stay hotel rooms into long stay hotel rooms where people can go in for a month or two at a time. Yeah. You know, at a, at a kind of discounted rate, but essentially, you know, safeguarding revenue for the hotel and also offering good value to, to those who took them up on that offer. Any, anything else about, you know, that that kind of business, you know, that's industry, travel, tourism, any, anything else that you can think of, Andrew? Yeah. Any I mean, things I, that I can implement quicker? Yeah. I mean, I think obviously, you know, a lot of them have already focused on the, the residents, um, the people that are here. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, the, this, People got caught out last time. Um, so there was a kind of belief that if you're outside the country, it wouldn't close down, be able to get back, no problem. Uh, kind of the whisp whispering and you just see on groups and everything and forums over the last day or so, everyone's trying to get back to this part of the world. Um, you know, and I think that's the same globally. So, you know, I think there has to be kind of almost a renewed focus um, back onto that, the kind of individuals that are, that are here and are staying here. Um, I think also that it may be the case that, you know, people that are potentially here as tourists at the moment may want to stay longer, um, yeah. you know, just because, you know, they may be looking at their country back home and thinking, actually, well, you know, I wouldn't mind staying here a bit longer, but perhaps I'm not going to stay in, you know, it's five star on Shakeside Road and, and there's an opportunity for some of the other, the other kind of, um, uh, you know, hotels in and around, in and around uh, UAE. So I think that, I think that, you know, there's, there's, there's potentially, uh, an opportunity to go back in and start a conversation with the residents again, um, and potentially some of these tourists that, that may get, you know, trapped, but not trapped in a, in a, in a kind of real sense. I mean, trapped in, they wanted to be trapped as it were. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's uh, an opportunity. I think, you know, the fact that again, this travel, we see the lockdown straight away, people that were perhaps planning to, to spend on a, on a holiday in summer, um, perhaps rethinking that now. So, so, you know, we'd heard from people in the automotive industry this week that, that locally and kind of regionally people, the, the sale of cars has been increasing, um, you know, where people have perhaps got a bit of, um, bit of excess cash, as it were, they're not going to spend on holidays. So, you know, they're in and around, they're at home, they're driving, so they're doing up their home, they're doing up their, their place, and they want to be driving around in something a bit different, perhaps, or a bit newer. So I think those are kind of some of the areas, again, that, that, that you could potentially see um so it's not it's not kind of a case of batting down the hatches this time people pretty much know what's going to go on they just don't know how long it's going to go on for yeah um i think that's important but but um yeah yeah so focusing on your local market focusing on yeah. resident i think it makes a lot existing, of sense existing customers yeah. you know we spoke about this uh previously yeah. but you know if you've got existing customers reach out to them i think i think the thing is that you know what 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 you see uh during this time is is a lack of clarity um, and, and the organizations that are successfully communicating that clarity are the ones that are ultimately going to win. 
So, you know, if you have a relationship with your customers or prospects, as it were, and you're communicating, let's say, you know, you're having like Emirates and Etihad having to move flights and having to, you know, change things, we just, just make sure that communication is very clear. Um, the challenge is, of course, that, you know, everything changes on a day-to-day -day basis almost. Yeah. Um, you know, it's in a bit of a cat and mouse game as well, right? So, uh, yeah. but, but I think being open, honest, uh, clear with your communication can ultimately win you favours moving forward as well. Yeah, I want I want, I want to talk about retail as well. Um, so so for example, one of obviously the biggest sectors, and, and obviously it's a huge sector with kind of multiple sectors within it. But but if we look at retailers uh, specifically, B two C, um, those those kinds of businesses were really kind of hit quite hard. Mm. Um, a lot of them jumped onto e commerce because suddenly everyone was buying online. Um, but there was some that didn't, right? Because I, again, I, I don't think any of us expected them back in March that any kind of lockdown that we were in then would, would have any chance of sort of continuing into January, right? Yeah. I mean, almost a year on, we're, you know, look at parts of the UK now, it's, it's fully locked down again. So, so what's your kind of advice for, for maybe retailers who perhaps didn't jump on e-commerce or did jump on e-commerce, but for whatever reason, haven't had their platforms built or delivered yeah. or... You know, there's been delays from that perspective, which happens as well. But I mean, what's your kind of advice to them? Yeah, look, I, I think there's a big difference um, between, let's say, um, you know, retail outlets and showrooms, right? Because um, okay. I think that's a difference. I think, you know, retail where we're used to going into a supermarket or a clothing store, you know, and, and kind of touching and feeling and, and walking out with a purchase is different to, say, a showroom where we might go in and, you know, look at a mattress but we wouldn't necessarily walk out with a mattress on our shoulder, right? Um, so I think that's that's a difference. So I think, you know, the the retail space, obviously those individuals that, that have managed to transition out, you know, and now now there's 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 obviously a lot of a lot of uh, uh, retailers that have moved into online. For the showroom, um, some of them have made that transition out, but it's still not not quite there because the disconnect, you're not going to make an online purchase. Um, necessarily but I think in both cases what what those um, retailers can start to look at is they can start to almost accelerate the communication or conversation to to the point of sale so okay. you know aside from you know because a lot of a lot of retailers focus on footfall right focus yeah. on getting people in a store getting people in a show because you know they've invested heavily in this but when when we're in lockdown and and look potentially lockdown as in you can't physically move or lockdown you know in your in your own capacity you just don't want to go out to a showroom you don't want to go to the shops um, yeah. you know because that again is 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 going to be the case for many people um, you know and that's that's where you can reach out directly to those prospects so instead of kind of running or campaigns that that focus and drive people in start a conversation with them right so you know hey listen uh you know we know you're used to this but do you want to look at a, a virtual viewing do you want to look at a virtual booking i mean we've we've seen this in the real estate industry with our own clients where we have developments uh back in back in the uk obviously now the lockdown it's it's physically impossible to to travel to that location um but we've done you know virtual viewings we we've gone in and videoed um, you, you know, um, advisors that are that are actually walking people through uh, a life-size, sorry, not life-size, a scaled model of a development, right? Um, so it's kind of producing content again that perhaps would ordinarily be in in a showroom environment 
or, okay. or, or a kind of, you know, a retail space that, that, that you're kind of showcasing certain things too. Um, so, so, you know, this, this is, um, this is like definitely one of the areas that I think can help. I think it's definitely one of the areas that you can go to and start kind of reaching out directly and just accelerating that conversation and kind of producing content that would ordinarily live in a one-to-one -one environment. Okay. So let's, let's look into that and let's look at that in more detail, right? So yeah. if we, so I guess one of the things you're saying is if you can't take people to a showroom, take the showroom to them. Yep. in the form of content okay yep. that's one thing which makes a whole lot of sense the second thing i think when you're talking about being a bit more direct that almost feels like we're rewriting the or redrawing the funnel the sales funnel yeah right mm -hmm. is that what we're doing yep. like if you know if we kind of almost look at that kind of traditional traditional kind of marketing and sales funnel is where you know generating some awareness and then you know we, we generate some interest we get people to start clicking on the website start kind of browsing we then start to kind of nurture them and collect some data along the way and then hopefully you know whether it's a week or whether it's a year down the line we're we're getting people to make a purchase right and exactly. there's a million steps yeah. involved in that so what you're saying is actually let's kind of rewrite that let's forget about that kind of traditional way and let's just get more direct let's take take people maybe further down the sales funnel uh faster yeah, because, is, that, is that basically it yeah 100 percent because um they you know think about it the, the the fact is that the in in line with the sense of urgency in line with you know speeding up the pace right um just like the sales funnel we can't really afford to wait now so so you know how how long is this potential lockdown how long is the borders being closed how long is this no one really knows you know traditionally if you look at the retail space or any kind of business there's cycles right you know there's kind of peak seasons there's off seasons you know and 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 now that that's kind of been thrown so you can't even plan towards this season because x may happen and we know you know look at the uk retailers you know they were told literally like okay you know you're going to be closed tomorrow so christmas shopping all of you know uh, families that were originally getting together um that, that are no longer getting together because they're not allowed to right um you know so there's a reduction in food there's a reduction in press all of these things associated to the holiday season no one could predict so mm -hmm. instead of kind of almost you know building as you said that sales and marketing funnel we for some of this it, it's worth trying at least almost jolting or kickstarting or leaping over certain steps makes makes a lot of sense i think i think that honestly makes a lot of sense i think i think what we're um you know this was let's go back to what we spoke about at the beginning, beginning of the show right we spoke about whatsapp and the whatsapp yeah. shopping cart you know if we're looking at businesses that are potentially selling stuff we, you know we, we we said right then that whatsapp enables you to have conversations faster yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit more direct. Right. You can now buy yeah. directly from, you know, that same platform that you're kind of spending hours on anyway. Yeah. And and if we look at, you know, this whole kind of journey that we're looking at right now, what you just described, you know, where people need to where businesses really need to kind of get actions faster, communicate quicker, be much more efficient in that sales process. Yeah. Aren't these two, aren't, aren't these two the same thing? Right. I mean, is, is that is yeah. the timing of WhatsApp yeah. Yeah. even linked to this potentially? Because I, I, I mean, for me, I can see I can see a line between the two. That's that's pretty clear and obvious. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, look, direct open communication, right? I think I think that um, you know, you we there's tools available now that are that are free, right? Or yeah. nominal, nominal investment that allows you to immediately go to the point, right? So, you know, this as you said, you know, it's a it's a direct line, right? So instead of instead of having to go through a journey, um, you know, this 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 does throw out that that kind of traditional model to a certain extent yeah. um, for a lot of purchases, you know, and, and it may be, um, I don't know, bulk purchases or, or large investments. I mean, even down to even down to kind of real estate regionally at the moment, most of the realtors, you know, and this isn't spin because it's registered that the land department, you know, are, are not back at pre COVID levels for land sales for, you know, real estate sales but but they're they're back to pretty healthy levels um right. you know and people are making faster decisions people are kind of reaching out directly and then making conversations so yeah. i think you've got to as a business have that facility whereby if somebody wants to not jump through a whole bunch of hoops to potentially talk to you um you know you need to make that facility available simple as that yeah do you know what it, make, it makes a lot of sense because because i think i think part of the challenge is is that we we kind of expect a lot of customers to go through a number of different steps to make purchases, yeah. and if we and if we if there's ways of streamlining that, making that process efficient, you know why why shouldn't we do it? I think you spoke earlier where you know we buy on an e-commerce site, but typically the payment is done through another third party. Yeah, right. Exactly. We don't need that. You know, if there's if there's faster ways of doing things that are more efficient, then then why not? Yeah, exactly. Look, I think it makes a lot of sense. So so let's 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 really kind of look at very actionable tips. You said look retailers or people with showrooms maybe create content which is which helps people to understand what your product is maybe yeah. you know look at the quality and all of those aspects which are important um and then run campaigns directly to you whatsapp you're saying then potentially andrew yeah yeah i mean you can run obviously campaigns that call to action could be whatsapp or you know if you want to go a bit old school direct to a phone number um, let okay. people call you, speak to them. You know, there's uh, obviously, you know, during this time, people may want some clarification. Um, sometimes people use WhatsApp here, I think, because they're written, depending on where you are in the world, your written language may be better than your spoken language. Um, so sometimes people like to just literally take a screenshot of a picture and say, I want this one or I want that one. You know, it's yeah. easier to to communicate that way. Uh, but obviously still have the option to to for someone to reach out and speak to you directly. So sure. I think, um, yeah, direct, uh, don't, don't make them kind of jump through hoops. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But I also I think, think I also think we need to we need to think of this as well from a uh, from a, a customer service perspective as well. So I wouldn't just think of it from you know client acquisition or or kind of in, in, engaging with existing customers. Yeah. I think even from a customer service standpoint, um, you know you got to you keep those channels of communication open as well because if people yeah. are stepping out of a comfort zone if you as an organization are encouraging people to disrupt the customer journey that has a potential impact on you know the quality of service they receive as well because everything everything from a process perspective has been yeah. you know lined up right so if you jump out of that process um, and you jump a, through a couple of hoops you have the potential of disrupting um, the the overall experience as well so i think you have to be yeah. careful of that yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Yep. So look at the entire sort of customer journey. Yeah. If you're changing one part, don't ignore the others, essentially. That's right. right. Yeah, because it's ripples yeah. effect. It's a rippled yeah. effect. You know, well, this okay. person doesn't ordinarily 
deals directly with the sales agent. It yeah. goes through a series of individuals to an appointment. Now that person, you know, is not used to communicating to a direct, you know, uh, direct uh, potential prospect. Um, there's no mechanism for them to record that conversation, to follow up on it, to, you yeah. know what I mean? So you, you've got to make sure that those other things are considered. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Cool, awesome. Um, all right, Andrew, I think let's kind of look at perhaps some overall trends as well, because I think the... Um, I think what, what COVID showed us last time is businesses were starting to think differently and are starting to think differently. So, yeah. so perhaps some kind of overall trends. Um, again, things that people should be aware of that's kind of maybe out there are happening in the market. Might be opportunities for their business that they've not really looked into previously. Um, I'll get you started on one of these because I know it's something that, you know, you've had quite a big, lot of experience in terms of, um, I'd say sort of consulting and working with clients on this, but you know, there's, there's that trend at the moment that we keep hearing about where people want to go direct to customer or direct to yeah. consumer, right? Yeah. Um, and these are businesses where typically there'd be a middleman or a third yeah. party or a reseller or someone like that kind of involved. Yeah. Um, and, and essentially it's about sort of cutting those people out at the moment yeah. and then forging much stronger relationships between the actual you know, vendor and, uh, and the customer. So, yeah. you know, you, I mean, you've seen a lot of that, right, recently? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, so what, what COVID did first time around, you know, when we when we got hit uh, with that um, is, is really there was a huge reliance and you're talking about kind of global brands on partners, um, you know, and, and the, the global brands uh, were able to still have a relationship um, with consumer uh, or client because there was relationship uh, activities. So that may have been uh, conferences that may have been exhibitions, it may have been events, so there was still a touch point. Um, obviously, when you remove all that physical touch point um, and everything becomes digital, you, you rely on that partner to engage in that digital space. Sadly, a lot of the, the, the partners, you know, were not geared up for that. Um, and that may be from an investment perspective or a personnel perspective, they just weren't ready. Um, so what we've seen is we've seen a shift across um, multiple uh, kind of uh, kind of uh, global brands where where they're going direct they want to go direct they want to have a conversation with us they they want to you know build the relationship they want to own the data um, they want to own the relationship and and ultimately you know make sure that they don't get caught short as it were uh, again because you know as much as you know a strong partner can can ultimately build your business and grow your business it could also kill it um, yeah. And I think obviously that 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 kind of shone a light. So a lot of those organisations have been making that shift and that transition. And now obviously there's an opportunity potentially for those that, that haven't done that in the past to to really kind of seriously think about it. Or alternatively, you know, look at alternatives from a partnership perspective. So working with a non-traditional partner, let's say someone that, that that kind of understands you know how to approach customers from a digital perspective. Yeah. Um, and, and then kind of reel them in versus somebody that may have been in the industry for 20 plus years and, and has very traditional methods. Yeah, and, and, and I think what's interesting is, is this isn't focused on B2B either, right? Which is no. typically where this happens. This is B2C as well. And we're seeing, um, we're seeing yeah. a real shift. And I think if you're in an industry where, where this is kind of happening and you're seeing sort of competitors or other companies kind of really focus on putting a more kind of consumer focused um, you know, more messaging or, or a strategy in place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think this trend isn't one that's going to go away. Yeah. Cool. And well, I think, spoke, I think, this, uh, look, I, th I think it's in line also, Amit, with, we spoke about the gig economy 
demand-based economy last week mm -hmm. you know it's in line with that we're getting we're getting used as individuals to go directly to someone as opposed sure. to via someone else so that yeah. just that that rolls over to a business and a personal perspective yeah yeah true true yeah you're right it's yeah makes a lot of sense um the last kind of point maybe andrew just one more kind of yeah. overall trend um boots on the ground something that Something I think which has kind of two two meanings, I guess, more than anything else. But you know, from I'd, I'd say from our perspective, boots on the ground has really meant reevaluating whether we need actual people working in our office. So that hasn't happened. Yep. You know, obviously, yep. you know, again, we didn't think in March when we when we left the office that we wouldn't be going back for you know however many months it was, and even today, we're still kind of in that you know semi kind of lockdown mode, albeit a little yep. bit more flexible. Yeah. Um, but what it did mean for us is that it just allowed us to hire people based on merit rather than geography, right? So, yeah. you know, rather than kind of looking for the best local talent, we were just looking for the best talent. And, and we've yeah. made some really good kind of hires in that time, uh, which I think wouldn't happen on the back of this. I think that's something from my side. And I think from your side, it's something slightly different, right? Yeah, we, we kind of, it, it's new opportunities in different geographical regions. So, right. you know, traditionally, I think there's been there's been, you know, and this has happened, you know, for us when we were looking at the US or clients when they're, you know, saying, hey, listen, we want to kind of set up in the Middle East. There was always, you know, and I've said it myself that you're not going to do business, for example, unless you've got boots on the ground, unless you've got local people, as in kind of geographically placed, they're there permanently, they get to understand the market, you know, and, and they work and they build relationships. And I, and I think the thing is that the the world is just just changing it's as simple as that it isn't just changing it's changed so you know we've gone so far now you know we're, we're a year into this and more um and now we're hitting another cycle you know by the look of it i mean hopefully this doesn't last as long but you know the fact is that it's 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 impractical now to to wait to say well okay uh, you know, let's say you're a UK operation and, and Brexit is, is a bit of a nightmare at the moment, you know, and you've got a whole host of considerations associated to lockdown. Um, you know, it may be, oh, we'll look at, you know, Middle East or we'll look at Africa or India yeah. or whatever, you know, down the road. Um, once we can get people in place, once we can, you know, we, we just don't need to do that anymore. Right. You, you, you know, you can look at the market, you can look at the opportunity and you can go after that marketplace because everyone locally and international is used to this. They're used to virtual communication. They're used yeah. to virtual uh, contracts, right? Signatures, etc. You know, I've seen I've seen here regionally very very old establishments um, change their processes to fit in line with now the global economy. So you're talking about in this part of the world, very old school, very traditional. You know, pen and paper, physical signatures that had to be signed off. When you're talking about large investments. Um, and, and frankly, you know, global organizations, especially out of the US and Europe, don't have that facility. They're not going to send you a physical contract. So, you know, they've changed processes internally that they have a physical contract that's printed or whatever, but as the relationship with the vendor or relationship with the partner is purely digital. So I think that, you know, because that is the case, you don't need to necessarily look, uh, you know, to hire somebody on the ground, set up an office, everything else associated even have a local phone number you know that was a big thing it was like what well, i gotta have a i gotta have a local phone number why who's who's the last person you spoke to on the phone it's zoom right i mean we yeah. we zoom locally you know I, I could you and i zoom each other right uh we don't talk to each other on the phone hardly at all 
Right? Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, you want to see, you want to interact. And that's probably due to the fact that there's a lack of physical contact as well. So you want to yeah. see people and you want to interact with them. But yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, no, I make, totally agree. Um, yeah, tons of opportunities. I think it's, again, I think once, once we're over, you know, past the initial shock of what's yeah. going on, I think, again, hopefully people will be very kind of proactive, um, you know, and, and much more forward thinking, I think, than previously yeah. as well, because because I think we need to be, you know, there's, there's very few businesses in the world that can afford two years of zero, you know, non-performance, right? Um, exactly. exactly. You know, so people have to adapt. Right. Last last thing, mate, we're on the hour, but um, growth hack of a week. Uh, you've come across something that's pretty interesting that you quite like. Yeah, <laughs> this is a... We're talking about, I guess. Yeah, it's a super quick one. So um, I guess opportunity presents itself. Um, and there's obviously, we get a... a, a a, a vastly different um, viewership, right? And listenership uh, on the growth show. So uh, this is a great site uh, that I kind of stumbled across called uh, sidehustlestack.co. Um, and it's, it's basically like if you are, you know, if you're a chef, if, you, if you're a coach, if you're a salesperson, if you're this, if you're that, um, you can basically go on there and see where those side hustles could potentially re work. So I guess, you know, we spoke about Fiverr last week and Upwork and freelance, and that's kind of pretty much associated to that demand economy where people are, you know, building out campaigns or running little websites or building out branding and stuff. Um, this thing kind of takes it on another another level. So if you are a chef, for example, yeah, you got, you, you know, you, your day job at the moment is, is, is kind of toast, right? Um, sticking with the food analogy but um you know you you what can you do what are, what are some yeah. of the potentials so i think just wanted to throw it out there you know this week because people may be feeling um a bit i wouldn't you know kind of confused or or, or feel energized to perhaps do something on their own uh with a group of friends so i thought this would be a good uh, good kind of opportunity for people to jump on it okay cool love it i think i think it's awesome and, um, and I'm sure loads of people are jumping on it. And actually, I had a quick play around on there earlier. I mean, if you are a chef and want to earn an extra $20 an hour, it's not very difficult to do so. No, it's, it's crazy, crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Awesome. Andrew, I think let's leave it there. Um, yeah. Thank you to all of you guys who've, who've tuned in today, who listen on the podcast. Yeah. Um, Andrew, Merry Christmas. Yep. Merry Christmas. Yep. And uh, Merry Christmas to everyone out there as well, right? Absolutely. What's your what's your go-to Christmas movie, Amit? Um, no, do you know what it's turned? I mean, it was always Die Hard. Die Hard. Um, and I've got friends of mine who hate me for that. Um, but just Die Hard. I mean, it was just that era of growing up during that time, right? Um, yeah. But however, however, you know, I kind of introduced my kids to Die Hard, perhaps younger than I sh you know <laughs> I should have been. <laughs> but that's okay because you know. <laughs> The laws are a little bit lax here, so we're okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what about you? As ours is kind of uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Ah, nice. So yeah, Die Hard as well, but National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Elf tends to make an appearance now and then again yeah, now as well. Yeah, um, we've got Elf, Elf Christmas Eve, I think, is going to be playing. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, good stuff. Okay, and yeah, awesome. and Merry Christmas to everyone else as well listening and watching. Um, we're on a we're gonna we're on a break as uh, as Ross was saying friends just to age myself even more um, we're on a break so uh, next week there won't be the growth show I think you and I are catching up with family and friends but we'll be back uh, I guess in the new year right in 2021 yeah exactly exactly so guys have a good one be safe 
look after yourselves and enjoy yep. the enjoy the last couple of weeks of uh, of this kind of period, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Bye. Thanks. Bye.